Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Sav. I'm Savannah, digital creator, tarot reader, entrepreneur, and podcast host. On the show, we get real and expose the unfiltered experiences of life. Are you ready for all this? Let's get started. Hey fam, welcome back to Behind the Scenes with Sav. I'm Savannah, your host. Today is a very special episode, so I wanted to give you a little intro into today's show because Perry and I kind of just hop into all the goodness. Perry is a life coach for ravers. I loved having the opportunity to bring another coach onto the show, allow her to share her insights and her gems from the way that she teaches things and from the clients and students that she currently has. And it's a really special show. I really hope that you love the episode. Don't forget to share with your friends, share the pod, rate the pod when you get a chance. It means so much and it really does help the show grow. So without further ado, here we are with Perry Richardson. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Behind the Scenes with Sav. I am your host, Savannah Ishara, and today we have a special guest on the podcast. Sitting with me is Perry Richardson. Perry is just so special because her energy is electric online. You can tell right away from her profile, the way that she talks about manifestation and the way that she slays her outfits and just blends these two worlds together is so inspiring to me. So I'm excited for you all to meet her and for us to get to know each other over the course of today's show. So Perry, welcome. How are you? I'm doing good. Thank you so much. That means so much. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I'm so excited to talk to you more and to get to know your audience also. Oh my gosh. It's, it's the best. I was so excited and fangirling a little, not going to lie when you reached out, (laughs) but I'm so happy you're here. And, and first off, I just want to give you the floor to introduce yourself, share a little bit about what you do and how you do it, just to give everyone an introductory idea. So my name is Perry Richardson, aka Party Perry. My story's a little bit crazy. It's really unique. So I um, got my bachelor's degree in healthcare administration. It took me six months to find a job, found a job, hated it, worked during healthcare during the pandemic, realized that I wasn't loving life. I wasn't, I was over drinking. I was overeating. I just wasn't happy with my situation. Found life coaching just through podcasts, listening to like Amy Porterfield, Jasmine Starr, and was able to build just a large community at the time, just through raving and rave fashion. And I realized that I kind of had a gift of just growing an online brand, building an online presence. So I decided to leave my corporate job in October to build an online business. And I love to say I went to grad school for a little bit. I love to say I'm a grad school dropout turned online entrepreneur. Hey, I love it. So then, okay, give us the behind the scenes on what it's like to be a life coach for ravers. That's the niche that you connect with and most of your audience, right? Yeah. How would you say that's either similar to regular life coaching clients or different, or is there any like theme that you find comes up more commonly? I definitely think a lot of us, a lot of ravers, we go to festivals to escape life. Like we Mm. go, you know, to rave and party in a way to buffer and not really deal with our real emotions or what's coming up in life. That was like me when I, you know, was in a bad place. Like I was raving every single weekend because I didn't really want to deal with the problem that I was dealing like through Monday and Friday. And so I was like, I'm going to forget about it. I'm going to get lit. I'm going to party. And realizing that a lot of ravers Unfortunately, we go to shows not to reward ourselves, but to kind of forget about our problems, forget about our work week or our relationship. 
And I originally started just doing social media coaching since I built a pretty large, I love to say my audience is small, but mighty. And just realizing that a lot of ravers, like they want to build their Instagram because there's so much, you know, great perks of going to shows for free, getting free outfits. And I realized that a lot of people were coming to me to grow their Instagram. Like, what are the steps? What are like, what do I need to do? And I would give them exactly what they need to do, but then they wouldn't do it. And I realized it wasn't the actions that were the problem. It was the thoughts that they had about the actions or the thoughts that they had about themselves that were, that was like holding them back from booting their online brand to, you know, building their online presence. And Instagram has truly changed my life. Like I, you know, had my nine to five, you know, just got promoted, was in grad school. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to become an online business owner, which is so crazy. My family was like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) But just realizing that a lot of ravers, like we deserve to not escape from life. Like we deserve to live a happy life. If it's you building your online presence or you finding a job that actually makes you happy. I'm a huge believer that we live through narratives and stories from society. Like I've been told, like I have to go to school, then, you know, get a job and find a husband and have kids and, you know, and then retire at 65 and realizing that that's not my dream. And I think that's not a lot of other people's dreams either. And just making sure that you are living your dream, that you are writing your story, because at the end of the day, what's best for you is best for everyone else. That's so true. And I think it's interesting when you bring up the point of like that we live our lives through narratives and stories that we tell ourselves and not even necessarily reality that we're in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and sometimes just bringing awareness to the truth about that is enough to shift someone's perspective, which I think is really powerful. But as coaches, there's a way that you can do that, right? Because not everybody's going to be open to receiving that kind of feedback. Mm -hmm. And so what would you say are qualities that you find in some of the clients that you feel like you connect the most with and like really get the most out of your work together? Ooh, I definitely think already having kind of like that growth mindset of realizing that like, I'm not happy, but I can do something about it. I feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes I'm pulling like teeth and be like, no, like you can do something different. Like, no, it's just your thoughts and like the actions that you're taking, like you can change your life if you want to change it. So just having that growth mindset, like being like, look, I think the first thing actually realizing that you're not happy because a lot of us are going through our routine and we don't even realize that it's just our routine and it's just something that our parents told us or society, you know, told us. So realizing, Hey, I think I might be living someone else's story. And then the second thing is being open to try something different, try something new, because if you want different results, you got to try some different actions, do something different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Back when you were in your nine to five queendom, living it up, doing the thing post-grad and you were building your page. What were some things that you came up against that felt like we're challenging. And I ask that because I have a lot of creatives that listen, and I know that we all come up against that. Like a lot of mm-hmm. us have another job that we're juggling or, or we're really trying to chip away at the thing. And so I'd love if you could take a moment to share about some things that came up early on. And then when you started to notice that shift and like, oh, my page is growing and oh, the right people are finding me. And if you have any tips or insight there. First thing I have to say is I still struggle. I still have my <laughs> mind drama and even creating content and I'm posting like, well, people like it. I think 
that's always going to stay with me, no matter what part of my journey it is. <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. you know, just going through that. But crazy enough, we kind of like talked about it earlier, but my ex-boyfriend was totally against me building my Instagram page, like just me, you know, being cute and showing my booty. And so I just kind of stopped, you know, pursuing growing my Instagram. And I met my boyfriend now, shout out to Doug Wubbs. And he really encouraged me to build my Instagram. And she, you know, he's like, you look cute. You have cute outfits like you should do. And I think kind of just that push from someone else kind of being, giving me that confidence, like, you know what, like I am cute, (laughs) you know, maybe I should post content. And then, you know, my content before was terrible. Like I was just posting, like literally I have photos. If you go like back in my page, like me just like on the kitchen counter, like with my like legs spread with like a drink <laughs> in my head, just like, like just having fun and just like acting stupid and just realizing that my bad posts, like my, you know, non-high quality posts helped me gain the confidence to create good quality content now And I definitely think just, I think a lot of us and say that we post and it doesn't do well, we end up beating ourselves up about it. Like I'm a failure, you know, I knew I shouldn't have done this, but I even, you know, put myself out there. Like you're dumb, you're stupid. And we end up beating ourselves up. But I take the approach of being resourceful and and problem solving. So when a post does bad for me, I'm not like you're fucking stupid, Perry. Um, I'm like, okay, maybe it was a time I posted. Maybe I should have said it this way. Maybe I should have done like this or at a caption. Like maybe I should have like tagged these people. I no longer let that content define who I am because at the end of the day, like I know I'm a dope person. Like I don't need Instagram (laughs) to tell me that. But when things don't go as well as I thought it was, I now problem solve. I'm like, okay, what could I do differently? I have, this is something I teach my clients. I'm like, so what did I do? What could I do differently? Or it's what did I, what worked? (laughs) What didn't work? And what could I do differently? And so anytime I have a post that doesn't do well, I do that. Even just in my business after every week, I'm like, okay, so what worked this week? What didn't work this week? What could I do differently? That's huge. That just that moment to check in and reflect is big because Mm -hmm. sometimes when you're in the creative process or you're in your artistic process, the blinders come on and then you come out of that. And then the work feels like it's so personal. And so it's easy to take that personal, the numbers, but something that I started looking at too, like if we were touching base on insights and numbers, it's like, maybe this post didn't do well, but holy crap, it, it got shared so many times. Or people saved it a bunch. So like the value is still there. I just think it's shifting. I like that you mentioned like taking away that personal element and just looking at the piece of content aside from you, because this doesn't reflect, you know, you as a person and your worth by any means. And I think that people hear that all the time, but Instagram has a funny way of like messing with us and our brains and our, our, our validation. Right. And feeling that. So, um, yeah, I think that's important to keep in mind. I definitely think too, doing a social media cleanse, like if any time I'm judging myself or judging that creator, like I'm going to mute them because at the end of the day, like your mental health matters. Like you shouldn't be comparing yourself to someone, um, to their journey because they may be a hundred steps ahead of you. Like there's no need to compare yourself and we're all on different journeys. We all have different paths. So anytime I realize I'm judging myself or, you know, talking shit about another creator, I'm like, there's a problem. I need to mute them. 
Mm -hmm. That's great too. And kind of taking your power back where you can, I think is big. And then that comes up in coaching a lot too. Like there are some people who come in and they kind of just like pour everything out on the floor and you're like, okay, we got to start somewhere. But you mentioned something you're like, well, you know, empowering the person, like, yes, you can do this. And yes, you can change. And yes, you can alter your thoughts and like shift up your actions and it's going to be okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But that comparison will like steal that feeling of joy in an instant if you let it. So I think that's something that's key to remember. So shifting gears a little bit, um, but still kind of in the same realm. Do you mind sharing with us your favorite raving experience or one that you feel like was pivotal into you today? Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) so so I went to Spring Awakening um, 2015 and 2016. I've actually met my two best friends there, my friend Kaya and my friend Katie. And I went, I'm from Vegas and at Spring Awakenings in Chicago. I never thought me traveling, you know, across the country, I would, you know, meet my best friends there. But such a good music festival. Um, I talked to my friend Kaya like almost every single day. And then my friend Katie, I actually met her on Radiate. Oh, <laughs> Funny man. enough. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then she was actually going to UNLV, um, University of Las Vegas, Nevada. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I live in Las Vegas and just, we've just been best friend ever since. And we're going to rave tonight, actually. So it's so crazy how wow. going to a festival and meeting her and now she's in Vegas and we're just so close. Spring Awakening has really special place in my heart. <laughs> I love that. Raves and festivals can bring up so many positive opportunities and outcomes. And that's something that I try to express on my platform. My platform, I'm, I'm slowly introducing more of my Raven Festival life there just over the past like summer, really. But one of the themes that I try to share, and I think you do a good job of this too, is that being intentional with your time at a Rave or a festival and, and kind of like kind of knowing your why of why you're there. Is it to escape or is it to connect with like-minded people? Is it to uh, improve your social skills? Like those things can really help I think enrich our lives back home if mm-hmm. if it's something that you're you're interested in or aware of. And so I just want to ask you if you have any tips on ways that people can make the most out of their raving life or, or going to a show even because I think there's a lot there to unpack, but I always love to ask this question because um I think people don't see all those opportunities sometimes. Yeah. I think just being nice and just yeah. you know being right? good it's underrated person. but it's <laughs> real guys yeah <laughs> and just because you never know who you're gonna meet I work for Relita Couture I'm their social media coordinator and I met them a couple years back my good friend Heather came out here for a photo shoot and she messaged me and I was like let's hang out you're like in my city like let's go and I ended up meeting her. We got tacos, Taco El Gordo, if you're in Vegas, best taco spot. <laughs> and Rose and Eric were there. And we've just become really good friends. And it's so crazy, like four years later, now that I work, I work with them, I model for them. And just being nice and being respectful. You never know who you might meet at a rave. And you never know where that connection might go. But also, too, don't expect, you know, anything from anyone. Just be nice and be respectful that genuine authentic element coming through is big. That's one of the things I, I took my sister to her first rave. It was countdown 20, 
21. So six months ago. So we went and that was one of the things I told her early on as we're waiting in line for the bathroom before we get into the festival. And I see someone with an amazing outfit and I'm like, oh my God. And I stopped her. I was like, you look flawless, like get a girl, you know? And then my sister's kind of looking at me, like she was kind of surprised that I just like went out of my way to give this compliment. Right. And I turned around and I'm like, Hey, like, by the way, if you see someone's outfit that you like, or there's something happening, like be nice, like compliment it and whatever. And she was a little taken aback by, I guess that openness. Cause I think Mm. in the real world, it's there if you project it, but I don't know, especially in LA, sometimes people can be very like just blinders on doing their thing. I know New York kind of has that a little bit too. Then later on we had separated and came back together at the end of the festival. And she was like, people were complimenting me. And I told a girl, like she experienced that, that plur, that kindness, Mm -hmm. that niceness. And fast forward to now, like she has her whole little squad or at least a couple girls that she goes with, but it makes me happy because I'm like, yeah, that's something that you don't, um, like you forget about, but like when we were kids, like you would tell someone that you like their shoes or their shirt, or where'd you get Mm -hmm. that pencil? And it's just this natural thing that comes up. You see something, you like it and you have that positive interaction. And I think we get hardened a little bit as adults, which is kind of sad, but once you realize Mm -hmm. that and have the awareness you can start to chip away and like mold that how you want it to be. And personally for me, raving has helped me kind of stay connected to that youthfulness and that like bright eyed, bushy tail <laughs> version of myself um, that I think is helpful. So thank you for that. I love that. Kind of touching on your raving experience and working with Rolita Couture. Well, this is a two-part question. One, I would love for you to share a little about how you got into working with festival brands. And then the second part of the question is how you've developed your style and where that inspiration comes from. So however you'd like to answer. Yeah, that's funny that you see the style because I feel like if you just see me walking on the street, you're like, this girl has no fashion sense. What is she doing? I feel like I have no fashion sense. Like my my fashion, my fascinisha comes out when I'm like in festival clothing. Yeah. I love to mix and match things. Like as much as I love buying like cute new rape, outfits like I love just like mixing things I think that's you know the fun like the inner child you know like dressing up and everything Mm -hmm. with working with rave brands uh it's I think just consistently you know showing up even when I didn't want to even when my content sucked you know even when you know someone commented bad you know on my photos or my videos and you never know the connections that you might make like with Rulita, I had no idea I was going to meet, you know, Rose and Eric that day, mm-hmm. you know, just the universe just, you know, played its hand. Universe in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then working with iHeart Raves, I've done a festival with them. Super blessed. They've paid for everything. I did EDC Orlando with them in last year in November. And it's kind of came out of the blue. Like I just got a direct message from them asking if I would want to promote from them. And I think too, just showing up, you know, showing my face, you know, talking, I think it's that connection. I think it would be different if I was just like posting photos on my feed, but I'm like consistently on my story. Like they, I feel like they knew me already. Like when mm. I meet my followers in person, like people are like, Oh my goodness. Like, I feel like we already have that connection and it's our first time ever meeting. And I think I build that connection by showing up on my stories or doing videos. People can see what I look like and hear my voice so they can feel that deep connection with me. So I highly recommend you know, just going your story and just saying like, Hey, like what's up, you know, I'm Perry, you know, how are you doing? And 
You know, I think too, caring about your audience. I'm always doing polls. Like, what do you want to see from me? What do you want to hear from me? And just like being honest, like sometimes, you know, I got my wig on, but sometimes, you know, I'll take my wig off. I won't have any makeup on and just, just being me, even when I feel ugly and feeling like I'm not worthy. I realize in those moments when I feel that way, I give an opportunity for someone to be able to love themselves a little bit more. Mm. Snaps for Perry in that moment, <laughs> everyone. So true. It's incredible, right? And it's like, it's just us being our natural unfiltered selves. And that, that's actually one of the reasons why I started this podcast. It's like, I want to go behind the scenes, like no filter, no auto tune, no nothing. Like what actually is it really like to do X, Y, and Z or attend X, Y, and Z or experience X, Y, and Z? Because pretty much all of what we're seeing online. And for a lot of us, like check that screen time, girl, like how often are you online? Yes. <laughs> it's curated and it's, mm-hmm. it's just not real, but your mind doesn't know the difference. Just like mm-hmm. those of you who are familiar with manifestation, subconscious work, whatever the subconscious does not know the difference. So that's why vision boards work and affirmations work. It's because you can tell yourself these things and picture these things and slowly, but surely create that in your reality. It's the same thing for online. So I think the more often that we interrupt that pattern by popping on without a filter, whoa, oh my gosh, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it, it's inevitably going to connect with the humanity and the person on the other end. And I think it helps us show up as ourselves. Cause I've definitely had on a filter that made me feel like a little baddie, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And now I've got this attitude and the hair is coming <laughs> out and it's like, that's me to an extent, but that's not my main character. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, but catch me with that filter a couple of times. And now like I'm brand new and it's like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not, that's not the energy. But what's interesting is as you start to deconstruct that you'll notice that in other people. And I think that's helpful to kind of check for yourself so that you don't get caught up in buying into that. You know, I think the more we can give ourselves options about, Oh, that's fake. Oh, that's curated. Oh. And just calling it as it is. Oh, that's Photoshopped. It's not bad. It just is. But for so long, we didn't have access to social media. There was no face to, and there was no like editing things on her phone. Those were tools that only celebrity qualified photographers had. Mm-hmm. And so now that we have all of that and the book is open, it's like, okay, interrupt that pattern, know that you're just as worthy with the wig and without the wig and all the stages in between. Mm-hmm. And I think it helps connect us with the people that get it. The girls that get it, get it. And, mm-hmm. and those are the people that are really making the shift shifts and taking the strides into making the space more enjoyable for us, whether it's the rave space or the online space or whatever. I, I just, I'm really passionate about that because I think it's so important and, yeah. and it's something that kind of messes with our minds and we don't even realize it's happening. So yeah, I gotta be honest, like with your audience, like I edit my photos, like yes, I use FaceTune. Definitely. Like, what you see on my feed, like isn't 100 percent me. Like I gotta be honest. And most things that you see in people's feed isn't 100 percent them. And I think mm-hmm. just realizing that, like, one, you know, it's fake, quote unquote fake. And also two, like it's also okay to edit your photos because I've always, I had the inner dialogue, like, I can't believe you're editing this, but at the same time, I like to think of myself just if I was like a professional photographer, like they would give you edits, like I'm a professional content creator. Like I'm going to like give some edits, but also too, I'm being straight up with my audience. Like, look, and sometimes I'll post, you know, before and after to just show my audience, like, you know, sometimes what you see on the internet, like, isn't always real. And just, I think we need that reminder. 
Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. And I love me a good before and after. Oh, so good. <laughs> so good. And, and I think it's different when you're posting on the feed. Cause that's like the feed, right? Like it mm -hmm. stays there. Uh, and it's good. You know, I was using my feed, my feed as a portfolio when I began my modeling career. So it, it is important to have good polished work that reflects you at your best version, right. Enhances elements of you that, you know, without morphing you into someone you're not like there's a line there. Yeah. Um, but then also, you know, showing up in stories because the people that watch your stories are the people that really ride for you. Like that's your core audience that's connecting with you. Like I treat my stories like I'm on FaceTime. Like I have no close friends list. If, if anyone is wondering, <laughs> I have no close friends. Y'all are my close friends. If I put it on stories, you're my close friends, you know? And so I think that's important because it's like, you get this other dimension of me if you want it. And when it comes to creating an offer, right. Or working with people one-on-one -on -one, or like for me, that's tarot and that's coaching. I know for you, that's coaching as well. And like in courses, right. You have a course. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. We'll touch on that in a second. Um, but you need to be able to build that trust and, uh, authenticity with the person that you may be considering working with as a creator, but then also as someone who may be a student or a client, right? Like I would want to see my person in multiple facets and to feel like I got, I, I know them before I invest in them. Maybe not everybody feels that way, but that's how I feel. So I show up that way. Cause I got to walk the walk, you know? Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> um, but as far as that goes, would you say that that helps you connect with your audience? And do you get that feedback from your clients who do purchase a session with you or, you know, a program with you? Yeah, hundred percent. So I like to look at social media as kind of like a funnel so I have like the top of my funnel where I kind of get my leads in and that's like my feed posts and like my funny like reels. And then like in the middle of the funnel is me going on my story, me being honest, you know, sharing my truth, dropping advice, giving motivation, motivation, because I feel like being the rave life coach. I, I feel like the rave is on my feed and the coaching is on my story mm -hmm. and the coaching is on my live. So that's where kind of like the coaching aspects comes in. And then like the bottom of the funnel is like the direct messages, like the voice notes. And I got to be honest, like I'm the worst speller, like grammar is not my thing. Oh. So like when anytime I'm in the DMs, like I love sending voice notes. One, because a bitch can't spell, but also it kind of gives that connection. Like, I think a lot of people are shocked. They're like, oh my goodness, like Perry sent me a voice note and it just builds that connection like so much more. So a lot of the selling that I do is through the DMs. Mm -hmm. That's a good place for an authentic connection too. Like there are some people that kind of pick up the gems along the way, but I, I also am a big fan of audio because I can spell, but when it's, <laughs> I just move so fast when I'm like on the move and on the go, yeah. like I'm not proofreading, which like maybe I will after this conversation, I'll, I'll be a little bit more intentional, <laughs> right. but, but the audio is like where it's at, you know? And that's again, why I'm a big proponent of the podcast. It's because you, you, there's no bullshit here. You'd, you'd mm -hmm. hear it. Yeah, <laughs> you would hear 100%. it, you know? And so there's a layer of truth there that I don't think gets conveyed in any other space online, maybe YouTube, but then you kind of get more into like the video production and edits there. Um, but yeah, there's something with the voice that I really, I really do appreciate. And I think other people appreciate it too. So moving on to a little bit about your offer and your jam, how do you like to work with your clients and what are you working on for them currently? Yeah. So currently I work one-on-one -on -one with my clients. I love to call them more like students. I feel like they're, I'm just like their mentor. And you do just, teach a lot. You, yeah. for all of you that aren't familiar with Perry yet, if you do catch one of her stories, she's given you the lessons. She has a whiteboard and yeah. like a little, uh, some, yeah, it's all there. Mm -hmm. 
but so I do private one-on-one coaching and I do have a course and classes. It's called Content Creator to Paid Influencer. You can buy the full course, which is four classes. The first class is how to build your personal brand. The second one is how to get high engagement. The third one is how to create high quality content. And I teach you how to edit your photos and videos. And the fourth one is um, how to get paid brand deals. So you're more than welcome. You can buy the full package. All, yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. You, you can get um, all four classes for a cheaper rate or you're more than welcome. You can buy individual classes, but I've been doing that. I've had five launches and that really started my content creator coaching, you know, journey, which I feel like I'm kind of opposite. I think a lot of people do that one-on-one coaching first and they do like a group program or a course, but did the course first. And I realized I love that one-on-one just sitting down, really getting the nitty gritty, like really seeing what's wrong because, you know, talked about it earlier, like the course is more like the action steps. Of course, there's like mindset in it. But like, I really love to see really what is holding back my students so I can help them push forward so they can show up and actually create the brand that they want to create. I do tell people who are maybe yet to be clients, if you're like, depending on the level that you're looking to invest and and really how ready are you to change? Because that Mm one-on-one accountability and container is really going to get you a lot closer because you have that that accountability, right? You have someone that you're meeting with, you're communicating with about versus like, I'll be the first to say there's definitely been a course or two that went uncompleted because no one was checking on me and I kind of just let it slide under the radar and and that's on me. But then the things that I really needed to like put the pep in the step, like I hired a business coach, did that for 12 weeks. I've worked on -on one with coaches as well. And, you know, it's because that's, that's what I needed at the time, but that accountability like really is worth the investment. I feel. And so as a coach and as a, a client, it it's just, that's what it is. So yeah, I feel the same. I have some courses <laughs> that are still sitting in. Yeah. That, but like the one-on-one coaching, cause you meet with them every single week. And um, at the end of the session, I'm like, so what are the three things you want to accomplish? And then I feel like when I meet with them the next time, I'm like, oh my goodness, like I'm, I have to make sure, you know, Perry's going to ask, like, did I do those things? Mm-hmm. So it gives you that accountability for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's important and it does really move the needle forward. So if anyone's listening, it's our two cents on that. It's definitely chef's kiss. Yeah. Coaching and therapy has changed my life. It's made me realize that I do have another option that I got to be honest, like me and my boyfriend, like we were having a really rough patch, like last end of last year. And my money mindset was also really rough. And we are doing so amazing. My money mindset is doing so good and nothing's changed. The only thing that has changed is my perspective about him and my perspective about my finances. Mm. Yeah. It really is powerful. The mindset work is like, that is the program that runs the entire system. So Mm -hmm. the system can be perfectly nipped and tucked and abs and extensions and all the outward things. But if the program running the system is not like, cohesive and is not conducive to where you want to go it's not gonna work yeah I think too like you could be doing all those things and all those things aren't working because your energy that you have doing those things is in that scarcity mindset you're doing everything out of fear so like of course you're not getting the results that you want but when you take that you know the step back and you start doing things 
with love and gratitude, you start seeing the results, which is so crazy. Like you're doing the exact same things, but the way you approach it, the way you have your energy towards it, like is everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It matters a lot. And I'd argue that you actually move towards the goals more quickly when you can recognize the small steps and recognize the small wins. I think we mentioned this at some point today that Mm -hmm. it is all about the small wins, but it's so true because life is made and lived in those small moments. There's not that many moments with champagne and parties and things like that, but like those small moments where you're realizing that you had a great day or you did cross things off your list or that you had meaningful quality time with your lover. Like those are the moments that people reflect on at the end of life, not the champagne. I mean, I love me some champagne, but (laughs) it's not the same. Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right, Perry. So just to close out this time with you, what is one big takeaway that you hope listeners uh, get from this episode? Go after it. Like you have nothing to lose. Like I definitely think before I quit my nine to five job and I was thinking like, what do I have to lose? Like if I start my business, I'll have to get another job. And I was like, you know, I'm already living my worst case scenario. You can always, you know, which is kind of sad, but like (laughs) if you go after something, like you can always go back to where you are currently, like, you know, how you got there. If it's you working, you know, at a nine to five, or maybe you're a server, or, you know, maybe you're in the process of, you know, creating a course or something like go for it. Cause you can always go back to where you are currently and just, you never know the possibilities, what might happen if I didn't start my Instagram, like starting, starting to create content on Instagram, I never would have quit my nine to five. I would have never had a podcast, which is five stars on Apple podcasts and Spotify. Hey. I've never worked with iHeart Raves <laughs> with Relita. I wouldn't have, you know, maybe even like talk to you today. So I'm super blessed. Like, yes, it was of risk putting myself out there on the internet, but the reward is tenfold. Definitely. Oh, thank you. That was a beautiful note to leave off on. I appreciate (laughs) you, Perry. It's been so good to catch up. Those of you listening, let us know in the reviews and in the comments, your takeaways from today's episode. We appreciate it. Don't forget to find Perry and check her out. She's at party Perry online and where else can they find you? Yeah. So party Perry, two Y's at the end of Perry on Instagram. I also have a podcast code productivity meets party. Um, I would love to just introduce myself. If you got something good from this, like hit me in the DMS. Like I'm, I just love supporting other creators and other entrepreneurs. Like there is so much growth and so much reward. There's so much money for all of us to have. So let's fucking get it. Yes. Let's get it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Thank you again. And for those of you that are listening, we're sending you so much love and light and we will talk to you very soon. If you're taking away a little inspiration or wisdom from today's show, send it to a friend, post it on your socials, or leave a rating and review, all of which help to reach more listeners like you.